Um, just taking a look, um, a recent study came out, and in the study, it states that children that were labeled as overweight, that were being fat shamed, were also um, found to be more prone to undergoing numerous diets unsuccessfully. Um, they uh, literally are becoming very depressed. They have anxiety. Um, they suffer with low self-esteem. The list is endless. So it's really a necessary conversation and I do hope you take it to heart. Um, as I mentioned, I chatted to Dr. Steven Seagal a bit earlier and we're talking all things obesity in children as well as adults and fat shaming and the role it can play um, going forward. Many of us throw around these terms and we don't actually know what it means and how that can affect someone. So let's start with the difference between someone that is fat, someone that is overweight and someone who is obese. Is there a difference? And then more importantly, what is the difference? Sure. That's a very tricky question. Because I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen a definition of fat. Um, I think the, the bottom line is it's a difficult concept to get across because it's based on a BMI and BMIs are not easy easy to calculate in children so it is your weight divided by your height um, squared the problem is depending on how tall you are or how short you are unless you're actually going to do the measurement it's quite difficult to do the calculation so often what you find is that once you do the calculation you find a lot more obese kids which is greater than the 95th percentile Mm than overweight kids, which are just above the 85th percentile. So actually you get quite surprised when you run the numbers that there's a lot more obese kids than overweight kids, mm. just that you wouldn't pick by just looking at them. So, and then the term fat is, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a definition for that. Mm. And and what is the, obviously we, we took a look at the different terms, and as you mentioned, there's no um, one or physical definition for that term fat but fat shaming is a thing that's been coming over the last few decades now many mainstream media um, titles be it's magazines or, or tv show try to do the shift to include people who are a bit fuller figured but still this is something that happens what are the the effects of, of fat shaming especially on on young ones well, the, the the stigma attached to it is, is huge, and it's probably the one area of um, damage that happens to kids that, that really gets parents to pay attention when they become aware of it. So I see a lot of overweight and obese kids being referred in. And when you bring up the social stigmatization, the loss of self-esteem, the fact that the child's now being left out of sports teams because they don't want that kid on their team, Mm. um, they get marginalized. And that's probably the biggest disability related to being overweight long before you get the risk of diabetes, which everyone worries about, and um, bowed legs and um, all the other long-term complications are minuscule in comparison to what's happening to that child in the moment mm. at that age. And then that, that self-esteem and stigmatization lasts for years, if not forever, for those children. Well, one thing I can say, because I've experienced this um, sort of personally, when I was younger, um, many family members and friends would make jokes um, as to someone's weight or someone's um, fuller figure, not knowing that that also um, really plays a massive effect on someone going forward. Is is that a, a, a case you, you you work with when you do get these these kids and family members and friends actually unconsciously sometimes fat shaming people? I, I think it happens all the time, and I think they do tend to joke about it sometimes. But many a true word is said in jest, is a statement mm. there. But the problem is it it hurts, it cuts, and when you look at the words that 
young children, if you ask young children to describe an overweight or obese kid, they use words like fat, lazy, stupid. And those are, are words and adjectives that they use to describe those kids independent of anything. It's just judging them a book by its cover. Mm. And they're completely wrong. But the problem is it's a stigma that's out there. They see it on TV. They see it in the magazines. They see it on adverts. Um, there's a whole social stigma attached to being overweight. And how would one then go about speaking to someone who is overweight or who is obese um, to make sure that you don't harm the person you're speaking with or you're trying to help? I think the most important thing is getting them to realize that they actually do get to control that situation. A lot of them feel that they don't control it. Um, they do get to control their food choices, their portion sizes, their frequency of eating. They may not always have access to the best foods, but then you need to teach them that within that um, environment that they're exposed to, they need to make choices that are going to work with what their goal is. If their goal is to stay the same weight, and that's a real advantage for kids, is kids don't need to lose that much weight sometimes. Mm. If they just stayed the same weight and grew, their BMI corrects itself over time. And that's usually, a, a, when you mention that to them, they suddenly realize, wow, you know what, this isn't so hard. I don't have to lose 15 kilos. I just stay the same weight for the next two or three years mm. and I'm back to normal. Um, so it, it, it kind of depends on how you frame it. Yeah. And I think as long as they can get the support, and it's really important that the whole family gets treated, not just the kid. Mm. Um, because it is, it, in fact, I, I know for a fact we could control children's weight if we never saw the kid. We just spoke to the parents because they're the ones who do the shopping. They're the role models in the home. They're the ones who um, do portion sizes and mm. food choices. So one area one should focus on would be to inform and educate families um, to to start the, the process of food portioning and exercise and healthy eating from a younger age, not necessarily sending uh, the family for, for counseling or to a pediatrician because a reality in South Africa is not everyone can afford that. It's not, not required at all. I think you're, you're spot on. It basically comes down to very basic education. This is what calories come from. These are fats, these are proteins, these are carbs. These are high-calorie-dense foods versus low-calorie-dense foods. And I think if you can get children to start eating salads and veggies from a young age and just build it in, it is almost impossible to control your weight unless you learn how to eat that, those two major food groups. Mm. Now, There's only low-calorie-dense foods that, that are out there. Mm. Now, taking a look at, at the, the, the person being fat fat I'm sorry for jumping now. I just want you to, yeah. to speak me through or talk me through the... The, the process in, in that person's um, head as to how that person should take the fat shaming. How can he make sure he doesn't take it personally for it not to affect him for the rest of his life? What advice would you give someone who is being fat shamed, essentially? I, I, think, I think the most important thing is that they actually recognize it from whence it's coming, A. B, that if it's affecting them, it, some, there must be a word of truth in that if it's really affecting them. Mm. And they need to use that focus and say, guess what? I can change, I will change, and I'm going to start moving in the right direction. And then we need to support every effort that they make to start moving in more towards a normal weight because they do get to control that. And the fact that it's so personal is that they feel that, they don't, that it, they're the victim, they didn't control it, it just happened to them. And yes, there are some kids who pick up weight a lot more easily than others, who store calories more efficiently than others. But that is unfortunately the genetic makeup that you have. Mm. And 
if you're going to win in the long run and you're going to get comfortable with your weight, you're going to get your self-esteem back. And that can be from just spending one day eating normally. Like, I'm going to pick one thing, one meal in the day that I'm going to start eating healthy. And then suddenly that one meal turns into a week's meal, and suddenly it's multiple meals in a day. And you hop on a scale, and suddenly your weight stayed the same for a week. That motivation and that reward from achieving something is what drives them on and starts creating the fact that they have self-esteem again. It's, it's the belief in themselves that they can actually do stuff. Mm. And it's essentially and starting small that it's going it, to, in the long run, make a massive difference. Exactly. It, it, it's, it, weight gain started small and ended big, and you just got to reverse that. It's making small little choices every single day will help you get to your goal. Mm. Now, we are focusing on, on the young ones, and you work with them extensively. Um, would you say it's more difficult for an adult to to deal with fat shaming or is it worse um i think well the, the problem is that there's most adults who are overweight were overweight already as, as children or adolescents mm. so you you it's hard to tease out when that that process started um i think if you look at young kids um you can see it right down to probably five or six years of age you start seeing evidence of it um, but but as an adult, it, it, it's something they've kind of grown up with, and then yeah. they marginalize it. They don't focus on it, and it's just there. It's buried, but it's there. Um, but it's hard to know exactly when it started. Mm. And if you would you would um, tell someone who is trying to change and trying to lose weight and trying to live a healthier life, something to start the process to motivate because it's not easy to actually start. What would that one thing be? you would tell that person trying to start? I think you need to start measuring what you want to achieve. You cannot manage what you don't measure. And I think one of the biggest problems is that people are scared of scales. And it's the one thing that's never going to lie to you. That's a number there that's a fact. And what you're going to do is you're going to embark on a science experiment. You're going to figure out what works for you in the environment you're living in, the food choices you're making, and you get to start managing it. If you start changing your food choices, changing your portion sizes, stop drinking calories, and you keep hopping on that scale every week, and it starts showing you that you get, you, you're winning, then suddenly you've got a different game on your hands. And then you just set small achievable goals week after week after week. And through the process of repeated iteration, you get to learn what works for you and what doesn't. And as long as you're strong and supported, you throw away the things that aren't working, you stick to behaviors that are working, and that can change forever after that. Well, I think on that note, I'll, I'll thank you for the interview. Start small and set achievable goals. That's what I'll take out of this. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Davis, and uh, thanks for chatting to us on Cape Talk. It's a pleasure.